Go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Ball Politics Podcast. I'm your co-host, Stephen Hopkins, and I'm here with Ross and Jamie, the one and only. Welcome, Ross. Welcome, Steve, and welcome to 2018. So it's our first podcast of the new year. Um, for those big who... things to talk about, right? Including uh, one of the big things that you did for us over the holidays. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Yeah, so we officially got listed on iTunes, which is great. I mean, it took a while. A lot of folks saw it through our Facebook page and... If you weren't on Facebook for a couple of days, you would have been like, "You got what are you guys doing?" Blah blah blah. So now we're in a position where it's on iTunes. You can get it anytime you want under Sports Ball Politics Podcast. Uh, so if I hear you correctly, that means if to make for it very easy for people to understand, if you have iTunes, you can go and search for Sports Ball Politics, and you can subscribe. And every single time you upload a new one, it gets notified to that person. That's correct. Fantastic. That's Rob. correct. Oh, so that sir. I mean, and and I know it takes a long time because Steve and I. I mean, just for those of you that do not know, I mean, we obviously have day jobs. Steve's in the real estate business. He's a mover and shaker in the real estate business. I'm a corporate stiff, a, a big pharmaceutical. So we do have day jobs where we're not in a position to just be podcasting all the time or. Someday just, soon, Ross. Yeah. That's the dream. The, that's the dream. The dream would just be total content twenty four seven where. There's a stream of income, but you know, there's a lot of folks that are trying to break through that. And I was thinking about this the other day, because, and, and this isn't something we talked about earlier, but I, you know, a lot of the news that that Steve and I get, it's from people on Twitter that are connected outside of the traditional mainstream media, um, and that's how we get news that other people otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. So uh, a lot, you know, now we're in an era of citizen journalism, so. What does that mean to people that are kind of green on that? It means that people that have a connection to an up-and-coming news publication that isn't quite mainstream yet still get sources, still get leads, still get scoops. And then they post that and they build their Twitter presence and because they have a friend in the White House or they have a friend in the uh, CIA that's able to give low-level stuff and this, that, and the other thing. And they connect and they do a podcast with another person that is mainstream and they know Tucker Carlson. That kind of stuff, and that's how these citizen journals get their credibility up. Um, and so, you know, again, Steve and I, this is this starts off as amateur hobby. If it goes into something greater, which we do think it will be, um, you know, I, who knows where the future will take it? But that's kind of well, where it's we iTunes are. First, and I think that if we could uh, project out into twenty eighteen, getting the website website up at republicnews.org. Uh, having all the podcasts hosted there, so you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on the web, you can, you know, uh, on on your smartphone, on your desktop, your laptop, and then I think, uh, you know, where we're going to go is actually having uh, news stories that we can start putting out there uh, that can correspond a little deeper into some of the subjects that we delve into in the podcast. Correct, because we'll give things, we'll, you know, Alex Jones says cover the waterfront, right, which means just a broad brush of whatever's in the news, give it a nice... Give it a nice little rub down on what's going on because, again, we, we have a lot of people are like, dude, where are you hearing this stuff? And then it'll it'll come out in the news two weeks later, a month later, two months later, right? Um, because they're not used to hearing it on Fox or CNN or MSNBC or and you know New York Times or Washington Compost, any of the networks that we're typically talking about in newspapers, toilet toilet paper of record, New York Times. So that's kind of where we want to go with this, and it's going to be. It's all looking up for, for what Steve and I are doing. I mean, there's more content coming. 
Um, we've gotten random feedback from all sorts of people from past, present, future of our life, from all different walks of life. Colleagues. Good, bad, and different. Good, bad, and different. Uh, colleagues, old classmates, good or bad. I mean, we don't care if it's good or bad. It's a, it's feedback, right? Um, you know, some of the gymnastics moms that my wife hangs out with, friends of ours that are like, oh, we listen to your podcast. We loved your Weinstein edition. It was awesome. I had no idea. That that's fantastic to hear. So, um, all oh, by the way, breaking news, and you know, this is what you also get, obviously, when you're with us, and we're recording here. You know, uh, about seven thirty Sunday night on January seventh, the Golden Globes for everybody uh, didn't know are tonight. Uh, that is Hollywood's uh, big uh, slap you on your back and tell you how great you are. Yep. Uh, award show and breaking news. Uh, all of the uh, actresses. And actors will be wearing black uh, in protests of sexual harassment and assault in the workplace. Oh, that's so, that's <laughs> cute. <laughs> like it gets better and better from the folks in Hollywood. That is um, just a great virtue signal. And I guarantee you that 95% of the people dressed in black to virtue signal know and are covering up the sexual assault done by one of their buddies in Hollywood. There's almost no chance that none of them didn't know. Right. To be fair, they might not have got work if they said something, so you might have jeopardized your career, and we'll leave it there for everybody to understand that, take that in, and make any judgments that you want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, but that, that speaks volumes about the genre or industry you're in, right? You know, no, if, if a hooker opens her mouth, she doesn't get work. Well, are you are you guys much better than a hooker if you're just this... You know, there's these people that will do anything to get to get to move up in the world. I don't know. It's very messed up. It's um, very messed I, up. I will say out there to be light of the Golden Globes, I think it could be a fun game. Oh, I don't know if anybody, I don't think will will hear us before, but maybe for next year, because I can imagine, you know, we don't see Trump going away as many people would like him to next year. So we should be back. Uh, the left should be, if anything, Maybe you would think a little uh, calm down and tame, but, you know, if we've seen anything in a year plus, that's maybe not going to happen and it might be more rabid. So what can be really fun is, especially the irony of what I just said in our breaking news, uh, having a drinking game associated with every time one of those folks who's wearing the black, who probably knew about a colleague or colleagues or definitely underlying and happening in their industry, gets up and mentions and throws Trump under the bus, you should drink a shot. Right. right? So every time right. someone mentions Trump at the Golden Globes, you drink. Right. Exactly. And you'd probably be drunk midway through. You'd be drunk halfway through the best. opening monologue. That's how... Oh, boy. Oh, but you know, boy, but you know why? Because it's, it's, like, it's like a joke that someone keeps doing, but it was like barely funny the first time. And then the joke continued, and you're like, oh, he's doing that fucking joke again. And then it's like watching. It's really too bad, you know. But for me, I cut cable. I was one of the one of the the uh, leading. We'll call it cutting edge. No pun intended. Of cutting cable, and I did that probably you know eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, just had the internet. You know, it was really starting to download movies with like the Pirate Bay and things like that. Jesus, that was way longer ago. We're talking like 15 years ago now that maybe I haven't had it. Holy crap, like, that's an early adopter. That was. I'm thinking when when was uh you know when was uh, LimeWire 
and all of that, right? That was in college. And then as we got out, those were like up into 2007, right? So yeah. it's about 10 years. Let's, yep. let's say it's about 10, 11 years that I've been cut. Because I remember, and I still have a lot of these movies where it was really popular that you go on to the Pirate's Bay, right? Yep. And at that point, I had cut the cord, the cable cord. Still living in Massachusetts. And I was downloading all my content, TV, excuse me, TV shows, movies, right through the Pirate Bay. <laughs> Yep. We even got, we even, we were one of the people, I should have saved this and framed this, we got a cease and desist letter from Comcast, <laughs> uh, you know, who was obviously monitoring this stuff, but there were so many people doing it that they didn't even really know what to do at that time. Yep. You know? That's crazy. That's crazy. I know, I, don't, we, I find... Why don't we even get on uh, talking about cutting the cord? Because we are done with the media, we're done with Hollywood, we're done with the news networks, we're done with, you know, basically any crap that goes on a TV. Uh, where we're we're getting away from it. And that all stems from the fact that we were talking earlier on the episode that, you know, the way this whole information explosion is going, it's because of Twitter, it's because of Facebook, it's because of Gab, it's because of people that are outside of the mainstream circle of influence um, and are starting to carve out a new a new way to deliver news to people. It's through Twitter. I'm sorry if you don't like that. It's, it's through Twitter. It's well, yeah, it's not well. Twitter is a really fast, you know, breaking news uh, way of doing it. But I mean, Facebook, right? Instagram, it's it's social media in general. I would say. Yep. I mean, hey, you know, it, what's really interesting, and you know, and this is something that we've talked about going back now, which is pretty cool, tying back into the very beginning. What do we have? Twenty-one podcasts on iCar, our iCar archived right now. Yes, about twenty yeah, twenty-five. So, Somewhere in the middle of those, Ross, you know, you were bringing up this guy QAnon, yep. who was dropping little, as you called it, if I remember, you know, nuggets of gold, breadcrumbs, um, yeah, on 4chan, yep. right, which is another kind of deep. Uh, we'll call it like the. If, is, is this a great? This is a good analogy for people who have never heard or are not familiar with 4chan. It could it be kind of like the 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 dark Wikipedia. Yes. You could just kind of go down the rabbit hole with like you do with Wikipedia, and but it's like just really cra- the craziest shit that's out there, like the dark web of Wikipedia. Right. It is. That's actually a perfect analogy for it. Yeah. Um, so and and so you know and in, in, in just to highlight this, and I've been thinking about this as they've been breaking, um, you know, they've been breaking QAnon stories on Infowars for this whole past week. They have you know, where Alex Jones was just getting hit to it, and now they have, as you pointed out, we've talked about behind the scenes, but we'll bring it to light today, and we'll we'll highlight this a little more. Uh, this guy Zach, who's been calling in, yep. uh, from Morocco, from Morocco, right? Dropping some you know quote unquote QAnon type uh, nuggets. Yep, exactly. Uh, information which have been coming in, you know, great great things that are tying uh, points in and why things are happening. Right. right? You know, it's. It's not proven to be true, but it's it's un, it's unfolding, and it's looking like it's going to be a lot of it's going to be true. Yeah, a lot of it's um, going to be true, exactly. But yeah, but you know, to, you know, not getting too far off topic, but tying it together is you know a, a place like 4chan, which is something that you were independently going on. You didn't hear about this from CNN, Fox News. You know, you're you're just a, somebody who's a student of information, and this was another really obscure way of doing it. And they, if you can go and find and research out there and do some critical thinking. It's out there, right? Uh, on, on even lesser uh, uh, channels than you may even think, like the general public may think. And you were talking about that before, like you know, a full couple weeks before Alex Jones and, and his crew, of course, started bringing it up this week. 
right? So, you know, it's pretty fascinating what is, is you opened up, you know, somebody who's a complete corporate stiff working in, you know, <laughs> pharmaceuticals who does this part-time and is now, you know, breaking news before some of the cutting-edge people in alternative news right now. And on top of that, <laughs> breaking news on a podcast, obscure podcast that people like CNN and mainstream media are never going to talk about. Of course, because they're too ever, scared. Ever, ever, Like, they're too busy reporting on how many scoops of ice cream Donald Trump had. And to be honest with you, I wish I just made that up in my head, but I didn't. Right. That was a real story. Right. That ran. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I, I, I like analogies. You like analogies. I mean, the way I see a mainstream media today is like, you know, when you, you in high school, you'd see like the, the team going out for the, the jog before practice. And there'd be that one kid like behind everybody else struggling to keep up. You know, <laughs> you Fatty know, McGee. And I'm not probably, fat shaming, but like. Yeah, he probably had a doctor's note that he lost on the way in. And so like Delorco was like, yeah, you gotta break the note in, Johnny. Get on the track. And he had some like weird like. You know, kind of like joy and making that kind of nerdy kid do that. Yep, yep. That is what CNN is, right? So everyone else is kind of like, all right, we want to start practice, and but but Billy's still doing laps, and Billy can't keep up because Billy's disheveled, Billy's disorganized, Billy didn't read his plays last night, Billy's always screwing up. That's CNN. That's MSNBC. To a lesser extent, that's Fox News. They're just they're a couple steps behind, and they just don't get it. Right. So Fox for a while was never Trump until Hannity, Tucker, uh, you know, Laura Ingram just joined. They're more pro-Trump. But, you know, Greta Von Susteren is in the middle. Bill O'Reilly was in the middle. Megyn Kelly was anti. Brett Baer was anti. Um, A lot of the different people is kind of like a smorgasbord. But no one is really on. No one was really on board until, you know, primary season was late in the game. So that's kind of what they are. They're the fat kid running behind everybody trying to keep up. And as far as 4chan's concerned, um, and people can research on their own, yes, it's a it's a not safe for work site. So obviously, you do it on your your cell phone or your your iPad or something like that. But I think of it as like it's like finding a silver coin, but you have to reach into a pit of like vipers and snakes and spiders and poisonous tarantulas and scorpions to get it. So if you're ballsy enough. You can go into that and say, okay, type in calm before the storm, type in QAnon, type in, uh, you know, you know, Pizzagate, I mean, whatever, and deal with, I mean, there's a lot of assholes on the thread. They all refer to each other as the word fag. So I'm not going there for that. I mean, a lot of them drop the N word, which I'm not going there for. It's inappropriate, obviously. It goes without saying. Um, but I'm not there for the racist stuff. I'm there for the intel because that's how this whole QAnon started. It was a guy that had intelligence and uh, clearance whose job, much like other people that came before him in 4chan and 8chan, uh, to drop intelligence under the anonymous banner. So first and foremost, people are thinking, okay, well, it's anonymous. He's not even assigning his name to it. You know, how do we know if this guy's telling the truth? So what you do is you follow what he's saying. If he says something vague like, you just watch. Things are going to get really interesting, and then he just goes away. Okay, you're, you're talking vague. Those are platitudes. You know, that could mean anything. This QAnon guy started posting at like 1 in the morning, 10 at night, you know, midnight, and it was very specific stuff, and he couldn't talk in classified terms because you can't, you know, if he gets doxed out, he can go to jail, 
for releasing classified information. So what does he do? He poses things in the form of a question. He'll say, what, you know, why is Huma Abedin important? What was her relationship with the Muslim Brotherhood? Well, you know, what are her contacts in Saudi Arabia? You know, what role did she play with Hillary Clinton? You know, did she think she was safe? Did she think someone was not watching her? NSA was watching her. You know, little stuff like that where you've just, you've dropped information, but you haven't given away the secret yet. You haven't given a piece of, a PDF that's classified. You're now telling... Maybe we, oh, let me pause you. Maybe we go in and we talk about that, but, you know, this is kind of a long about way of getting to the, the, the you know, glossary of what are we really going to focus on tonight? Right? Yeah, that's what are we true. get into tonight? Um, so tonight, I, I thought we'd do kind of overview of the news what's been going on since our last podcast which was in uh, late december yeah, um, really really important bullet points and yeah things to watch yeah which is steve bannon it's this new uh michael wolf book about trump and the palace intrigue uh my favorite subject which you just started touching on which made me stop you because i think we should actually get into this first the clinton foundation the fbi and doj opening up investigations into them officially now uh, as of this past week, yep. right? Yeah. Um, Uma Abedin and her being absolutely found uh, to have sent passwords to very sensitive documents that included, um, you know, which I saw and read about, which I was just horrified about, you know, amongst some other, a, a lot of other things. But the thing that really screwed with me was the name of a, a, an actual uh, deployed CIA operative out there. Yes, an American who is out in the field, and this idiot uh, who was working for uh, the then Secretary of State is sending this person's name and forwarding it to her Yahoo account. Correct. Let that sink in, Correct. right? Uh, and if anybody, and this is why I don't think people think this is serious, but there are laws, really strict, serious federal laws, penal code laws on the books about exactly doing stuff like that. Right. Uh, for example, uh, famous cases, they just had a guy on Alex Jones today who, uh, uh, because he was proud of serving his, serving his time, he had done two tours of duty in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan and was coming home and it got stateside and took a selfie, because yep. he wouldn't, of himself outside of his submarine yep. that he had been on, or his ship, I forget which one it was. And someone found that photo and he did time. Yep. In prison. Yep. For leaking classified information being the photo of the ship. So if that is something that you're putting somebody who put their life on the line for this country. Yep. And put them in prison. If we are a, a nation of law and order, then I don't know how somebody who is sharing amongst other things including the name of a CIA operative that's going through to her Yahoo account, which was then hacked to who we still don't know, right? Right. We're going to find out more about that. And as some people, including this guy, Zach says, which we'll get into him and we'll, we'll touch on that. She will be indicted and she will be going to prison unless she rolls over on some bigger fish. Correct. And a very certain bigger fish that probably smells like fish all the time. Uh, oh, Ross. Um, okay, so what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, we mentioned this new book that's coming out about Trump. Yep, the new book about Trump from Michael Wolf, which was, oh, by the way, uh, the whole thing was PDF doxed by, uh, not doxed, but PDF'd by WikiLeaks today. So instead of buying the book, you can just go out and get the right, PDF. We'll get into that, yeah. Let's, so uh, let's, let's get into that as one of the subjects. And I think the last thing should be the Comey investigation. 
um, where that's at and where it could be going. Right. We touched on that <clears throat> right. And, and what you know, we're going to tie things together. That look, we've been saying since August, since September, since earlier. Sessions may be looking like he's asleep at the switch. Um, he's not. He's playing possum, and that's being proven out as we speak. Um, whereas I think the Bannon stuff is serious um, because I do believe that Bannon just kind of got too proud. Um, and we could talk about that in a sec. So, and then, excuse me. Um, and then the last piece was going to be we do predictions for the year. Um, predictions for the year. I love it. So we will, you know, independent of what's going on, we will call out that, um, you know, the, the, the predictions are going to be stuff that we see happening in the year. Um, not only for stock market, geopolitical, border stuff, social issues, uh, all the FBI, DOJ stuff, but kind of like going out even further into, into 2019. So where do we want to start first? We want to start with... Uh, Let's start with the UMA, uh, Hillary Clinton Co., you know, the Clinton Foundation, um, you know, as I, and let's get into that. So as I already laid out, you know, they, they, the, the Department of Justice, you know, uh, well, let's even step back further, right, for... For people who are never Trumpers and maybe follow this campaign, people like me who voted for him, one of the reasons why we voted for him was bringing back law and order in this country and, you know, having evidence and knowing that Hillary Clinton was using the Clinton Foundation and has been as a pay-for-play scam, essentially, across the globe and using positions of power within the government, whether using different people or herself and her her ex, uh, you know, president husband for you know hey you donate millions of dollars to my foundation you somehow get on a list for a contract here right right Right. or x and you know it it was very apparent which was someone like me i could never vote for her i actually went out of my party and went over to donald trump to see someone like her at least have to answer for these things right Right. like i'm I, i believe in law and order i believe in due process so you need to have the due process and it can't be because Comey is, you know, changing letterhead and doing different stupid things like that. You know what I mean? Right. And it was the the way it was done. And it's all going to come, it's all going to be found out. And this is how this whole thing unravels and it links to sessions, but things were, she was given special treatment. So Hillary got the special treatment. This is what the emails are going to reveal the text, all that stuff uh, by McCabe, by everyone in the FBI leadership structure by the DOJ, which kind of stood down and, you know, through all of the back, you know, the back channels saying, look, this is not to go very far. Um, Please just make sure she does not get in trouble here, that there's no jail time served. And they did this because they assumed she's going to win the presidency. And there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to really come of this because, again, if she's president, everything gets swept under the carpet. They didn't think that Trump would win. So now that Trump has won, uh, they're in a spot where they're like, oh, shit, cover our tracks. Um, They were very meticulous in making sure that this whole Russia thing was kicking around in the background, which we've talked ad nauseum about Russia. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, they did very sneaky things to make sure that, you know, the full force of the law went down on the Trump campaign based on anecdotals um, as opposed to the Clintons who actually completed, committed actual crimes of mishandling classified information. Uh, and we're going to find out that more and more of Wiener's laptops going to reveal there was classified stuff. If you think this last round of it, this was only the first 3,000. There's 650,000 of them. Um, that was just being forwarded constantly. 
Um, so I think at that point, so what, so lay it out. So what, so what she was doing, right. Was, you know, and we, and I think this is where we can do a little speculation as to why she would do this, but she was forwarding back and forth emails from her Yahoo account to the Clinton, uh, email.com, right. Or whatever that domain name that Hillary had sent up the private server in her house, in her home. Right. Right. Is that correct? That's and then correct. What, what's happening was she must have had her account, or how did it go where uh, it was ending up on his laptop? Well, I think what, what was happening was so Huma would blast forward to his laptop. Anthony Weiner was caught sexting dick pics to a 15 year old. So, as part of that investigation, two paths crossed, very interesting, serendipitous circumstances. Um, and that's kind of where we are now where, okay, the, the police ultimately, the, the NYPD ultimately get access to it, have access to the 650,000 files. People speculate what else is there besides Huma and Hillary stuff. I think there's lots of kitty porn and other stuff. Um, it was also rumored that there was a file called, uh, insurance policy or life policy. In other words, what else was he holding on there, uh, that would keep him safe in case something bad happened? Um, so here we are and now it's all coming out. We never got to see why, uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought because the, the Panthers just got pass interference at the one yard line. They're going to beat the saints. Anyway, um, it, <laughs> sports ball politics and I'm talking sports. Um, but I, I was going to say that, you know, at this point, you know, this is a sports ball politics podcast, Ross, this isn't the. <laughs> the, the football ball. This ain't the, 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 the meathead mongoloid fantasy session. Um, so, so really, they're in a spot now where they are caught red-handed. And the way they did everything. And also, you know, when you talk about the 33,000 emails, the emails, the emails, it's stuff that, you know, I'm not going to speculate what the content was. I, but usually when, when Donald Trump gets asked to do something, he does it. He'll do it kicking and screaming. He'll, he'll fuss about it, but he'll do it. I mean, in Donald Trump Jr.'s case, he'll volunteer stuff before he's being asked for it. Uh, so what I see from the Trumps is complete transparency and that they're they're telling everybody exactly what, what what's being asked for. And here it is. Boom. With the Clintons and with Huma and with the DNC, you know, the server and the Awan brothers, everything is kind of so like... the Awan brothers? Because you just mentioned them. Tie that in. So they are the IT people for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the former head of the DNC. Uh, it was two brothers that were running basically uh, surveillance on a probably a third to 50% of Congress. Uh, they were going back and forth to Pakistan, spending as much as three months there, and they were the lead IT people for pretty much the Democrats. Um, I don't know if there's a connection between the WikiLeaks themselves uh, and the Awan brothers uh, and Seth Rich. I mean, the three of them are linked in some capacity. We just don't know what it is yet. Um, and... Uh, this is a big deal that none of the mainstream networks, none of our liberal friends know about or talk about that you and I, Steve, have been pretty familiar with for the past year, year and a half. Uh, and this guy was caught flying out of Reagan a couple months back and was 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 arrested on the spot uh, because, you know, he was trying to leave with critical information. Uh, he was doing data drops of information you know, is he the WikiLeaks leaker? I don't think so. Uh, but he had access to the compromised individuals of Congress. And he was kind of the guy, the linchpin, the, the keeper of the flame, so to speak. Uh, Imran Awan. And he's now in the hot seat. Okay? Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is in the hot seat. Huma Abedin's in the hot seat. All because of Hillary Clinton. 
right? So they know, that's why they're distancing themselves from her. They know she's going down. They know Huma's going down. Mind you, Huma has a, I think, a three-year-old or a four-year-old with Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner's in jail in Massachusetts. So either she, you know, gives her son up to for adoption, or I don't know what she'll do with her kid if she knows she's been, she's going to get indicted, folks. Just like the Podesta brothers. They're going to get indicted. Well, she has all kinds of family everywhere. She's going to give it to his family member. She will. But at the end of the day, do you really want both parents in jail for, like, years? I mean, she's going to go to jail for years. Well, I think that, you know, it's been rumored that, and, you know, and I don't doubt this. Listen, the, the Clintons are such perverts on so many different levels. And, you know, it's been rumored that he, she and Hillary are lovers. So I buy I mean, it. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not so sold on Uma giving up Hillary. I may be sold on Uma giving up somebody else who made in a roundabout way, but, you know, if there's any truth to that rumor, which, you know, there's been a lot of sketchy stuff that they've been together and, you know, a lot of surrounding pedophiles and sexual misconduct so much around them, uh, it wouldn't put it past me. And in that case, like, I'm not thinking that she's given her up. I see. I th- I think she will if it's if she's to choose between her son, uh, and Hillary Clinton, she's going to give up the goods on Hillary. Um, and and to your point, um, if not Hillary, then Podesta, right? So they can start turning on each other. If well, not, that's what I'm saying yes, it may be it may be easier for her to turn on Podesta and give up some stuff, and then in a roundabout way they could go get Hillary from that angle. Right, that that makes more sense to me. But isn't it sick though that you know story of their lives? Everyone else either gets killed, gets dead, gets arrested, goes missing, but they're fine, they're safe, they can keep doing their criminal enterprise. But everyone now, hold on, let me let me stop you because that's an important thing. So on that note, right? Um, on that note, uh, somebody's birthday was this past week, Ross. Who was it? Seth Rich. And who was Seth Rich? And get into that because that's a great story to tie into what you were just saying. Uh, so he was the guy that was the suspected leaker um, of the WikiLeaks documents. So in both situations where the DNC server was hacked, uh, access was given to uh, anything in, this, in, the, in the server itself, which basically exposed what was going on behind the scenes with the Democrats and the apparatus, the party apparatus, how they were trying to make it so that Bernie didn't win. I think she was going to win anyway, uh, but it was really just to, it basically pissed off and inflamed half the party. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz had to step down because she was basically a, a Clinton acolyte who was picking favorites. And I'm sure the same thing happened in the Republican Party. They were just not dumb enough to get hacked. Um, but from there, uh, it, WikiLeaks published in June, and they published again in October, and it made the Democrats look bad. It made Hillary look bad. It made Podesta look bad. Who everyone look bad? And instead of owning it uh, and saying it was an internal hacking issue and blah blah blah, they went right to blaming Russia, and that's where all this Russia stuff comes into play. Um, and from there, it they kind of used the dossier situation, which we're not going to get into tonight. We've already done that a million times. Um, but that's kind of where this all Russia stuff came from. Because if you notice, all the indictments of Trump's people are process crimes and all this other dumb shit um, that I'm surprised people aren't really connecting the dots on. That it's like you're not you're not really proving anything. Um, so here we are. Seth Rich gets killed. Um, I think, and this QAnon guy actually referenced it. 
that MS-13, two people killed him, and those those two MS-13 members were then rolled up. Um, MS-13 was the kind of the strong arm of the political cabal. They were the ones that in the United States were operating because we have such horrible border security uh, and such horrible crackdowns on gangs um, that they ran roughshod. They have the ability in any city they want uh, to murder people for money, uh, for drugs, for whatever, as part of, they, they're kind of like the hired contractor of, you know, big political people uh, to get the job done for things that they want to have done under the radar. I think Seth Rich was a hit because Seth Rich was the guy that was leaking to Julian Assange. And that's where all of this is going. And that'll be kind of the linchpin. I don't know what goes, what comes first. Hillary gets arrested or Seth Rich gets exposed as the leaker. They don't want, I mean, his family doesn't want him to be exposed as a leaker because it makes it look like he's not a patriot, even though he was a patriot. Um, money went to his brother Aaron. Um, the family knows that. I'm following people on Twitter, talking to them regularly about information that they're gathering as part of their own investigations. Again, we all have day jobs, but they have, you know, uh, 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 what's that thing called? Uh, uh, where you can raise money and people will fund your... Crowdfunding. Yeah, crowdfunding, but uh, it's what is it? Uh, Patheon or not Patheon, but it's kind of like a, it's a PayPal type thing. I I don't know, whatever. Um, Venmo? Not Venmo. Um, what the hell are you talking about? Patreon? Is it Patreon? Whatever. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. Of it. So um, so that's where we are. Seth Rich dies, and uh, on his birthday the other day. It, yeah, why, so Seth Rich is dead, but why was it important? What was the significance of last week on his anniversary of his death? What happened? Uh, Hillary's uh, Chappaqua house caught on fire. That's right, correct. And it was, and it was so. I, I, usually when that stuff happens, people go crazy. So you kind of just like, okay, let's take a step back. Does it really mean anything? Was it like a? Was someone t- one of the security guards taking a shit and something went wrong? I don't know. But so have you heard anything? Because I've heard, and this gets into this guy, Zach, who's like a QAnon, and this is what he was saying. This guy, Zach, says that QAnon is not a person. It's like a small group of people who are essentially patriots in this country that are tasked with, like, upholding the Constitution, and, you know, they have access to all of this. Like, think of it in, in the way that I think of it is it's like four Edward Snowdens yes. that have come together, you know, as like, you know, Captain Planet. But, right. you know, in a no, you're of, right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, th- I think on behalf of humanity and on behalf of, you know, everything American and liberalism and Republic. Right. And I think what they're, so what they are is, and yeah, I listened to that same segment. He said, uh, so yeah, to your point, this QAnon poster is, I, I think it's, he said you can count on one hand how many people it is. I think the Zach guy. That's why I said four. I, I yeah. can picture like four people, three or four people who are, who are doing this. Who are, and so I, I've narrowed it down to, so like for instance, this morning I followed uh, and saw, I, I will go on 8chan directly and he has his own board now where it's just his posts. Um, his post this morning said, do you recognize this pen? Does this table look familiar? And it's his own copy. It's his own picture of the Camp David Oak table where uh, Trump was this weekend. So in other words, he's giving hints that, hey, by the way, I'm in one of his security detail. And who else was there? I believe Mike Rogers was there, head of the NSA. And he, oh, by the way, is retiring. Um, So I don't know if that's important. Uh, I think it is important because he's a patriot. But I think these QAnon guys, 
there are probably four NSA top-level clearance guys. NSA sees everything. So by virtue of getting all this QAnon stuff, it's a sad reminder that the NSA knows everything you're doing. But more importantly, more importantly than who these guys are, right? Because it's totally speculative. What he said about the break-in in the fire, because that's what he said. He said it was a break-in. It wasn't a secret. And this is what there were agents there. There are agents there. This was a break-in, and this was a message. Yep. Interesting. This was a message for the people that are getting nervous. We'll call them what we call them the globalists, right? That's how I interpret it. The globalists who have been working and set up that are working in the cabal with Hillary, right? Yep. This is Hillary and Bill's cabal who are getting squeezed because of their mistakes. Right. Right. right? And this was their way. And it's fucking kind of like, and you know, this is what's crazy. It, re- it reminded me of like the Godfather, right? right? Where it's like, we will and can get to you anywhere. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's one of the things that QAnon was right? posting. And you guys really made some mistakes, and now we're getting squeezed for it, and that's not happening. I, you right. know, and if that's true, Russ, oh, daddy, you know, light the fire and get my marshmallows ready. Right. Because, and it, what this, so this QAnon's also, I mean, so what they're doing is what he got his notoriety because he telegraphed the Saudi Arabia takedown, right? Um, there's so much money in the Saudi Arabia takedown around Halloween. That was stage one. Stage two is the Rothschilds go down. Stage three is George Soros goes down. Stage four, George Bush and his family go down. Stage five is the Clintons go down. And that's when kind of the purge, the final swamp clearing happens. And Trump can actually focus on an agenda. And I think what QAnon was saying is, I mean, he's already teasing uh, the Rothschild family. We saw a plane go down on their property um, it wasn't one of them. It was I, I've read that it was a failed takeout attempt. And Q's actually said seven out of every ten private plane crashes are hit jobs. Jesus. So that's a big deal. And I think I and I read today why why was Trump bragging about commercial airline success out of the blue? What a weird thing to brag about. Um, but in course, you know, conjunction with that, there's a lot of. Planes being turned around uh, because of a suspicious passenger. Um, there's a lot of private aircraft that's going down, going missing, families being killed that were hedge fund managers, uh, stuff like that. A lot of weird stuff. Follow those kind of reports because that's where there's information, and that's what he's telegraphing. Um, you know, you saw a couple days ago John Legend and his wife Christy Teigen um, were going to Japan. Their plane was turned around four hours into the flight because there was a suspicious person who got on the wrong flight, and they turned the whole plane around for you. You wouldn't normally do that if some schlub like you or me was on there, right? It would have to no, be. A... I, think that's, I think that's actually airline policy, or is that just like uh, did I buy into some bullshit? Because I was reading. I don't know. Story. I don't. I don't. We can ask our buddy who's in the airline industry, but. Um, I think that's actually. I'm going to go with general airline policy, as ridiculous as it may be. It's just policy. Okay, and I could that's where I could be ignorant. Um, but yeah, they turned around in the middle of the Pacific Ocean because some dickhead got on the wrong flight, uh, which normally to common sense, it's kind of like, okay, well, tough shit. Don't screw over the rest of the flight with, you know, 100 other people on it because you're a dumbass. Uh, but that's, you know, I, I could be completely off base there. 
but there's a lot of stuff where planes are being turned around and a lot of people are tracking flights to Gitmo. Okay, and we got into this last episode where there's been a lot of activity around Gitmo and they're building the infrastructure. They invested $500 million into Gitmo. Uh, better fiber optics, better IT, better security. Their job postings for more positions opening up. You don't do that if you're going to keep the 80 people there, right? Um, there's been General Mattis was the first general to go there in quite some time. First Secretary of Defense to go there. Um, uh, Jeff Sessions was there. Rod Rosenstein was there. Why this renewed interest in Gitmo for something that Obama was going to close? And ironically, this could be the very spot. And this is what QAnon said a couple weeks back. He said, right as the, the Roy Moore election was happening, uh, or the, the, the Doug Jones election, uh, QAnon posted in his coded way, he said, uh, we have a special spot for George Soros. Uh, you're going to love where he gets, where he gets put. Uh, very special spot for him. Uh, very special place for George Soros when this fine, this shit finally hits the fan. And as it's coming true, I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, this renewed Gitmo interest, could it be that all of the cabal, uh, they've already started moving people there, okay? There was a guy that was the former CEO of Bar Barrick Gold out of Africa, South Africa. And uh, he was out of Toronto, and they arrested him, I think. And he was on the first wave of people to Gitmo because um, they're going to open up military tribunals. Uh, that's what the Camp David stuff is about. They've had a couple trips to Camp David. It's usually the, like, the long forgotten Camp David, but Trump's gone there quite a few times this year with his high level brass of intelligence agency people, his generals. And I think there's going to be a renewed push to put the globalists in Gitmo. And won't that be funny? Uh, to see. It would be totally ironic, and part of what I've been railing against Obama being just a complete bum from his presidency. Like, like I want to rail about that every day. Like, I don't understand how people who voted for that clown like are just not completely dismayed from everything that he voted for him for. Uh, they, right? they, like, they, let's just run, let's just run through just like the major things, right? I'm gonna close down Iraq. He ran, fucking went city to city. He went on his Trump tour, right? He did yeah. the Obama tour, and he told everybody how he was pulling out of Iraq. Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, no, we're still there. Yeah, we're still uh, there. We're gonna pull out of Afghanistan. Yeah, no, we didn't. We're still there. Right. right? It's the freaking longest ongoing war, by the way, on the planet is the United States and Afghanistan, yep. by the way. And we have a we have an um, opioid crisis to thank for that. Oh, let's not get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still, I think that's a dangerous thing to talk about, yep. to be honest with you. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, he, he, he promised to be the most transparent trans uh, tr uh, administration in the history of the United States. Yeah, and you have the ability to do so with you're the president during the technology age better than ever. Yeah, no, no, you didn't do it. Bush era, you know, spy programs that have come out that he let his spy, you know his spy chiefs lie about directly to the American public through Congress, like. It's, it was just the exact opposite, right? right? He jailed more journalists than any administration in, in the previous history uh, for, you know, for, for being whistleblowers. Like, right. It's just like the, it, literally the exact opposite of what this guy ran for. Correct. Right? Correct. He promised, why you even got me on this, he promised to close down Guantanamo Bay, which was like super highly, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, 
controversial yep. for no other reason because that's the place that was kind of like the poster child or the face of torture. Right. Uh, if you remember at the beginning of the 2000s in the Bush era, that was like a big question that Cheney was like, fuck it, yeah, we're torturing those motherfuckers. Yep. Right? Yep. You're like, Jesus, war criminal, dude. No, it's not <laughs> what the United States does, man. That's not what we do. What are you doing? Right. You know, it's part of the reason why I was so excited on voting for Obama, because he promised me all those things, and right. that's why I got excited. Right. Right. Like, right. But the, but the yeah. long delivery and the lack thereof, I think people I mean, kind of... Think of the things that I just said. Those are such major... You want to talk about economic, you want to talk about socioeconomic, you want to talk about foreign policy related, you want to talk about creating in, 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 in more and more terrorism. I mean, you want to, I, I agree with the people on the left. When we our boots are on the ground and we are occupying nations over there, we are creating more terrorists every day. Right. That's, I, I take that stance. Yep. Right? I was on board. Let's fucking, I'm like Ron Paul, right? Pull everyone out of there. Correct. Bring all that money back, right? And this is why you love Donald Trump, just getting over to here. Rand Paul goes, hey, you want to save all this money from Pakistan, right? Yep. Why don't we take the money that we've been giving to Pakistan and let's start it putting it into your infrastructure plan? Yep. And, Ron, and Donald Trump goes, hey, I love that yep, idea. Yep, exactly. And I love you know, that they're, like, I love that they're working together. Right, like, oh, and like going back, you know, it's like the Obama thing, it just drives me nuts. So anyways. Yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Um, but where were we? Going? But yeah, so, so yeah, so Gitmo, I mean, just watch the space on Gitmo. Um, I think you're right, though. I think it, we've heard this from some of these people. I think it, they're preparing this for some of these people to go, and that's the sweet, sweet irony that will be about this whole thing. Yep, and if I don't care if it's Democrats or Republicans. So in the first wave, that it's going to be the Podestas. It's going to be Huma Abedin. It's going to be the Bushes. It's going to be Tony Blair. Uh, I look at this, Ross. I look at this as the it's it's – Similar in what you just said, I don't care who the fuck it is. If you me tooed somebody, you're fucked. And right. you better be scared. Right. 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 If you were some fucking scumbag, ninety nine percent of it's male, one percent it's gotta be some females out there and yep. all the weird genders that they, they call so called that there are now. Um, that's another one percent. But if you did something, you better be afraid. Because you're in the era now where motherfuckers are speaking out and people are listening and they're rolling heads. Right. Of course they are. Of course right? they so, are. And I look at this the same exact way. It's not a Democrat-Republican thing like the way that the left is going to try to spin it. It's a law and order thing. If you fucking broke a law that is already written on the existing books, you're going to jail. Right. Right. That's it. There's no unless you roll over on someone bigger and we'll right. go to the top and that's the way it rolls. And then that's yeah. that, but we're so used to not having justice for those people. And that's you know, and to me, Ross, and this is bringing in the other stuff, you know, other stuff that we aren't even planning on talking about, but you know that's how we roll. I think that that's how you get to a place like we have these fucking sanctuary cities out there. Yep. Sanctuary cities? You know what a sanctuary city is? Let's just break it down and unpack what the fuck that means. That means that lawmakers who are not just representing, right, they're acting like it's a democracy. Well, yep. I'm a Democrat, and because I, I got voted in by these people, I'm going to just do what the popular opinion says. Right. No, motherfucker. You see how, you see why language is important? Of course. You're all over Facebook, social media, people, it's a democracy. It's a, no, it's not. 
no, it's not. It's not a democracy. It never was, and it never will be. Yep. As long as we have guns, and that's why we have guns. Right. Because we will have civil war too. Right. And we will end you, motherfuckers. Right. And then what? you are detrimental to what we did start in this great experiment, which is a constitutional republic, where we all have the same rights. And when somebody gets elected, they get elected by their base, but they're electing for everybody in the place that they're elected to. And they have to follow the existing laws. You don't like the laws? There are procedures and protocols that you can change them. Right. Exactly. Right? And that's, and that's why how it works, yep, yep, yep. It doesn't work any other way. It doesn't work, and it, this isn't a democracy. And that's where, like, the the deviousness is. You see that in in public school systems, and in you feel politicians calling us a democracy. Yep. Well, no, no wonder why you have sanctuary cities and you have people resisting the president. What the fuck is that all about? What is that? <laughs> I agree. Stop it! I can't take it anymore. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, but no, I, I, you know, totally that, that's, that, and so now we have like about 50 sanctuary cities where it's, it's elect, you know, it's, it's elective, whether you, you enforce existing laws. I'm sorry. Like, I can't even believe it. And what you're telling me that you're just not going to follow the law and you're not going to fucking, you're just not going to participate. They should be arresting these people. Yep. I agree. I agree. You are now in collusion. I hope, and that will blow, I, I, I made this prediction before. What percentage of the country do you think is genuinely afraid that World War Three is imminently upon us, especially with this president? I would say of the resist movement, probably eighty percent. I would say of, that's high. That's a that's a high percentage of yeah. a lot of people, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay. I would Let me make a prediction. Yeah. We are as close as those people think that we are to global world war. We are that much closer to Civil War Two than we are to World War Three. Ooh, that's 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 and that's that's, no, that's no, bumper right? sticker and, and material. That's something like we we talked about this, and I think I even maybe even brought this up in one of our other podcasts. I think that it, it's weird, right? You get to look back in history, and I wish we could make a movie about this. If Roy Moore won, if Roy Moore won, it's a turning point in this nation. For no other reason that the left uses it as a reason to say, fuck it, these people have totally lost our mind, like total fascists, it gives us the excuse to get violent. Yep. Because these people don't know what they're doing, and we need to now take over. Right. Oh, it's scary, right? It's like, oh my god, these fucking fascists. But it's true. And I think that Roy Moore would have that would have been the 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 uh, the tinderbox the the straw that broke the camel's back. But so that didn't happen, right? Crisis averted for now. For now. Well, that's Ross. the well, that's that's true. But that's the segue to what they're going to do next, which Roger Stone talked about six months ago, the Twenty Fifth Amendment. So as the Russia they're stuff, they're doing it. They're working on it. And, and what it's was? It's what insanity. was the, what was the impetus for that? Well, this new book coming out, and that's a nice segue. The Michael Wolf book, Fire and Fury. So who's Michael Wolf? Author, he, author, hack, hacks, sleaze author that both sides despise. Looks like a total pedo, by the way. Oh, like he looks like a he looks like he looks like not only a pedophile but a pederast, pedagogue. I don't know <laughs> anything with pedo in front of it. Uh, this guy is probably lapping it up and licking it up. Um, and he looks like Brian Stelter's like daddy-o. 
Uh, Brian Stelter? And Brian Stelter, who hasn't gone through puberty yet, and he's pushing 40. Um, oh, he's such a little bitch. I can't stand him. He like, is a definition of cuck. He's cuck. Like, if you if you look up cuck in a dictionary, bitch tits Brian Stelter's maw comes up. That friggin' I can't stand him. Ugh. Um, anyway, uh, you know, like, there's a punch a Nazi movement? Yeah. I, I would say bitch slap a cuck movement. It's not as violent, and people will just get red in the face. Uh, so Don that was, Lemon and, and Little Brian Stelter oh. would be number one in two. Hey, Stelter looks like a younger Costanza. Yes, um, but Cost- he makes Costanza look like Sil- Sylvester Stallone. That's how he really is. He's like they they got George Costanza to, to read a young George Costanza in real life to read the news. Right, right, and like he lactates soy. Like every time he gets all worked up, his pits start. He starts pitting out, but it's not sweat. It's soy. Um, from all the soy lattes that he consumes. Um, but yeah, so the Michael Wolf book was just kind of like, here's a guy with a checkered past who comes into the White House and, sh- you know, shame on the White House and all of the people for letting the guy in. Trump says he never let him in. But if Bannon got to speak with him, um, I mean, the guy, the way the guy Sloppy operates, Steve. the way, that, what's that? Sloppy Steve. Sloppy Steve. The yeah, way, by the way, uh, Steve Bannon has a new nickname, right? Oh, yeah. He, he's getting buried. It's, and it's Sloppy Steve. Yeah, Sloppy. And he's never going to recover from it. We can get no, to that in not. a sec. And who gave him that? The queen, the queen, the queen, the king of nicknames. The king of branding. Donald Donald J. J. Trump. Donald J. And, and he's Fantastic. still trying to recover from that. He knows he made a mistake, and he's still trying to recover from it. But this Michael Wolf book, the guy would basically embed himself in the White House uh, so he must have passed some type of clearance. And his way of doing things was kind of like, imagine you know, you're walking to the water cooler, you're going to get something at the, the break room or the snack room or the kitchen at work or in some place where there's people milling about. This guy would kind of just camp out somewhere and record and write down all of the, con- not record in a legal way, but uh, just take note of the conversations going on. And he pieced together some type of narrative based on what he's hearing. So if he hears two like interns or staffers talking about, oh, can you believe that that meeting we just went to, blah blah blah, there'll be some some nuggets dropped from there. This guy will then piece together a quote from it, and this is something that Obama people have said, Bush people have said, Clinton people have said, and now Trump people are saying the guy is a hack. He's got he will seek any narrative or storyline out uh, to get a story and to get money. Um, so. Right off the bat, you can question him. There's a guy on the right that does the same. His name is Ed Klein. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I've read a couple of his books. And yeah, there's a certain National Enquirer element about it. So you take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, if Ed Klein says something, is it 50% true? Is it 30% true? Is it 70% true? Who knows? It's it's up to the reader to decide. And I'll usually skim the book at a bookstore. I'm never going to buy it. Um, but that's kind of how this book should be treated. And now, thanks to WikiLeaks, you don't even have to buy it. They, the whole PDF of 357 pages is ready for you to get. Um, other than that, there's a lot of uh, quotes that are being misattributed, supposedly. Bannon came out today and said, okay, uh, I'm sorry that it had to get to this point. I, I trust our president. I was speaking in a moment of anger, and I was speaking as a former Navy official. Uh, it was treasonous, but I wasn't referring to Trump Jr. I was referring to Paul Manafort. I mean, the guy had probably a 12-hour head start, head jump, that he was going to get 
this book was going to be released, and he knew he was being quoted in it, and uh, versions were shopped to White House people before the book came out. Trump knew all of this. He's usually three steps ahead. Um, and Bannon had a chance to be like, yeah, you're going to hear some crazy stuff come out. I'm sorry. I've already cleared with the president. We talked it over, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he didn't do any of that. So he's very sluggish in the response. And it goes back to the Roy Moore stuff. I want to hear your response when something bad happens. If it's very sluggish and lazy and low energy, you're probably guilty. And I think with Bannon, I think a lot of those quotes that he said were actually, you know, I would say 30% are false, 30% are true, 40% are interpretation, misconstrued, you know, context was missing, something like that. But I think he realizes now that he was recorded in actual one-on-one conversations with Wolf. So, yeah, Wolf may be a hack, but at the end of the day, some of the stuff he writes could be very well true. And I think Bannon got exposed for that because I think Bannon overestimated his importance to the campaign. He joined the campaign, uh, I think, after the GOP nomination was locked up, uh, him and Kellyanne Conway. Uh, she's had some mistakes and, and gaffes, but she's been she's been clean so far. Uh, Bannon, I trusted, I liked. I thought he, he hates globalists still. Um, but now he's kind of been, like, he, he attributed the, the, the rise of MAGA to himself as opposed to Trump. And he's a dude on the basketball court that you have, like, Michael Jordan out there, a.k.a. Donald Trump, and that dude's, like, Carmelo Anthony trying to take all the shots, and you're like, yo, Carmelo, you're, like, pretty good, but... You have Michael Jordan on the floor. Throw him the fucking ball and do what he says. Right, right. right? And, that, and he's like, "No, I need my shots. I'm the guy." <laughs> no, you're not. No, right? you're not. It's like Horace. No, it's not. like Horace Grant being like after a game, being like, "Yeah, we won that sixth championship in eight years, but I was critical." Um, let's just say Michael Jordan would not have gone as many looks if I wasn't rebounding the ball as well as I did. I mean, no. Well, I'm trying to give him more credit than Horace Grant. That's why I'm calling him Carmelo, because like he's a big force. That's why this is shocking. I really, actually, I'm glad that we talked about this yeah. because I wanted to get kind of just you and I. Like, I was just shocked by the whole thing. I was shocked you know, and disgusted. And it's like, I, yeah, I'm almost looking at it because you know, going back into the, the sessions thing, and I'm still torn in between that. You know, we've talked about this off the podcast, bringing it on to it now. I'm completely bullshit with the Trump administration in general, a.k.a. Jeff Sessions, yep. with the way that he's playing this medical marijuana slash recreational marijuana thing. I'm pissed like, about that, too, and I don't even smoke. Right, but exactly. Like, it's a states' rights thing. It's clearly a medical thing. You know, I read these things where Sessions is doing this and maybe Trump okay with it for the pharmaceutical people who are clearly nervous that this is going to take a big hit as it explodes across the country into wire. We have this opioid problem. Well, here's this natural plant that grows that, you know, when done the right way, it could absolutely replace these totally addictive you know, taking down our country uh, drug. Yep. And so is it any coincidence? And I'm looking at it going, yeah, what the fuck, Jeff Sessions? Like, right. I, how do I not believe them? It's hard not to. Right, right. Right on this. You guys are losing. You, you've lost me on that. But yep. I've also heard the opposite going, yeah, but this is called strategy. And there's a play where it goes, they actually really never intend to do anything, but they're absolutely using it because the left bites so hard on this shit. I mean, and they're right, right? They make this announcement, and every senator and republic, uh, in, in, in congressperson from the states that have legalized it, they can't wait to get on CNN and MSNBC and give their interviews and tell everybody and 
everybody's so bothered and in a, and in a tizzy. And in the meantime, they're rounding up pedophiles and opening up Gitmo and no one's even paying attention. Right. And that, and I think that's by design, right. but at some point it becomes like, you know, and again, I've said it before. I'm, you know, is Trump really playing 4D chess, 5D chess? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I think at the very least he's playing 3D chess. So there's right, distra- oh, sorry, and pause, right? And that's what and, and that's what I'm I'm thinking about with things like this. But then you see the Bannon thing, right? And it's yeah. like, well, Jesus, right? Because you know, and I think he is a Carmelo Anthony. This is a big figure. He's not just a Horace Grant, right? He's not a he's not like a Scaramucci or somebody just comes in and plays like a good role, but it's not like a big role, right? No, right. Bannon's a you know Bannon you know we we gave him credit on one of our first podcasts I remember for maybe doing the Me Too movement and right. I still think maybe and in orchestrating maybe not you know maybe as we start unraveling some of this stuff he really is a, cl- a crazy loon but maybe this is a ruse too it could be but at this point you know the fact you don't start this like what's the gain right uh, to distract you can distract in so many other ways from other stuff well, going well, on I'll tell you what what it, oh, all right you, what's the game well one of the games is what it's very strange is, you know, one of the reasons why I do what I do is being a, a brilliant troll, by the way, as you know, on I've Facebook seen. and social media, is that I lay things out there in a way that I'm never going to yell or swear at somebody, but these people work themselves up so much and they say the most crazy shit that, and they do it publicly. Yep. Like, you know, think of it. And this is something our buddy Ken likes to, to likes to uh, talk about and point out when in, in reference to polls. But this is very true. People just don't really unpack this and think about this when it comes to the vote. Your base of your candidate never gets the candidate elected. That's why I always say, and I we've talked about this in our podcast way way earlier. I feel like me, I, me in, in, in what I represent, not Russians, not rednecks, not racists, it was me. It was me, guys. I got Donald Trump elected. Yep. It was me. Yep. Right? It was independence. It's somebody that's willing to not play party politics. So, yes, I voted for Gore. Yes, I voted for Obama twice. I think Republicans are repulsive. They classically have been for so many reasons. They had Bush, the war criminal, for eight years, and they were unapologetic for it. Yep. Like you were for a long time. Yeah, I guilty. It, it was horrible. Yep. It was what pushed. It was what pushed me into this fucking socialist arm named Obama. Yep. Right? You guys were so horrible that you threw us into a socialist named Obama's arms. Yep. Right. This yep. globalist socialist, awful guy that took advice from as we now look back. Uh, Bill Ayers, the guy yep. that wrote the Weather Underground. Everybody needs to go read his manifesto because it yep. talks about what's happening today. It's the playbook. Exactly. It's, the, it's Bill Belichick's playbook for the left and what has transpired over the past forty years and what we're seeing today. Is it? But it, but the only difference being that if Bill Belichick wanted to kill twenty five million people to achieve an end, and that, that's exactly what Bill Ayers did. The guy that uh, Barack Obama launched his Senate campaign in his living room. Right, uh, wanted, wanted to totally crush America. Right. And that's, it, it, well, in the current form, right? They really believed. And listen, in, the, in part of the thing, and I look at this like religion getting into the weather underground, is that, you know, you read through it, et cetera, et cetera, and a lot of the stuff in which is scary like religion is not necessarily things I disagree with, right? They, they There was a government that had already hijacked the United States and was taking us into horrible wars like Iraq, i.e. Vietnam. Yep. And as we found out, Vietnam was just a complete catastrophe started by a bunch of humans that were just dumb. Yep. They were doing dumb things and not communicating. Right. And that was all it was. It was a miscommunication. It was horrible. 
Yep. Miscommunication of ideas. And think of the, the carnage and the damage that it caused. But these are the brightest minds at the time, right? So whenever you hear right. the... Right. It's a little bit like I can appreciate why in this hippie movement, but what happened is then you, you know, this is where, this is where when you have the dark, Ross, right? Like some really nasty things can happen. And when the light starts shining in, sometimes these dark forces, like, you know, put their, wrap themselves in light and they, you know, break through. And I think that that's what Obama was. Yep. And these people and their goal was to absolutely end the constitutional republic of America that our founding fathers put together 200, 300 years ago. Yep. Yep. However long it was. Right. 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 And to remake the country in the image that they want to see it. And I think that the blueprint that we see what that looks like is kind of today's Europe in the Eurozone. I see. Yep. We're, we're, right? We're, yep. So they, in other words, they're getting their wish. The globalists are getting their wish and it's going to look like EU. Absolutely. Take away the guns, have one central place, probably over there where everything gets run and laws get made. There's no sovereignty in the United States. It's just the North American uh, union. Yep. It's the A the NAU, right? And then they can do the one global currency in the central banks, right? Cause it's all run by central banks. Yep. So they would rather have, you know, one culture when it comes to money, right? One, it is probably run on the blockchain. Right. 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 So it's, it's these really weird forces in this perfect storm that's coming in together but like in the Matrix, they didn't count on Neo, a.k.a. Donald Trump, and they didn't count on his support, a.k.a. Ross and Steve. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Alex Jones and, and all of the, the true patriots. Yep. Who, who, you know, who red-pilled themselves, like we red-pilled ourselves, and, you know, we, we get it. We That's get it. it. Is, man. Like, what's, what's really trippy to me and I look at everything I do, like my trolling stuff as a social experiment, is, uh, and it will tie back into why I even brought up uh, Facebook, because I never remember, is it's it's just fascinating to, to interact with some of these people, because like I just genuinely believe that they just don't know. They don't know. They, 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 their news is, I'm going to go to CNN, and I'm going to sit and watch CNN, right? And so I do that. I go and I sit and I watch CNN. But you know, I research and read and read a million things in a, in a, from different angles, every angle. Yep. And I sit and watch CNN, and I get depressed. It's like, oh God, right? Like America's coming to an end. The world's coming to an end. Um, you know, we're all going to die of cancer that's caused by environmental pollution that the Trump administration's causing if he doesn't nuke us first or get us nuked or. You see what I, you know what I yep. mean? Yep. It's theatrics. It's fake. I call it fake pearl clutching. Um, well, it's, it's horrible. And so, you know, and, and I go on, I'll go on and I'll interact with these people and like, they're so worked up and like, there's no substance behind everything. It's just all these empty phrases that are thrown out there. Yep. Well, Trump's a racist. Okay. Well, let's dialogue. Well, why is that? Well, fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Okay. So, and they'll nine times out of ten because you'll send me a conversation or or alert me to it. And nine times out of ten, they'll go back to your race. They'll be like a oh, typical white guy, right? Uh, white oh, privilege. Yeah. White I called a racist and racist. My white privilege all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's like clockwork. If you can, if you can telegraph and see where the conversation is going to go before it even happens, and that's what. 
you and I are getting good at, right? You can see where a conversation is going to go with someone. Eventually, it's going to be like, oh, your privilege is showing. Oh, nice for you to, from an affluent town of Duxbury, to have that kind of belief system. Typical. You don't know well, what it's is, like. This is, I, I think we, we talk about this, but now we can go public with it. It's, you know, it's, it's my favorite response because, like, I just, let's just, let's just stay consistent, right? We talk about that. Guys, you know, politically, you know, if you can do it economic, everything is trying to be the equal balance, right? They talk about the yin and yang. So you try to stay center. Yep. And if you do that, like these people just can't handle it. Like no. they can't, they're, they're, they're way too far out and they've, they've, uh, you know, I don't think they're even interested in coming back to like just kind of the common sense middle. Right. And I mean, c- c- take a step back. I mean, you can at least appreciate it. I mean, I am, since I turned a voting age, I voted for George Bush twice, John McCain, Mitt Romney, uh, and Donald Trump. But if I if I show you my voting resume, I've now turned on George Bush. I've now turned on McCain. I've now turned on Romney. The same people that when I would argue with people back during those uh, election cycles, they'd call me crazy and blah, blah, blah. And why are you voting for that person? He's an asshole. He's racist, blah, blah, blah. And now that Trump's here, suddenly they're willing to forgive the people I used to used to vote for, used to back used to defend as 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 not being bad anymore. Oh, they were good. Oh, but it wasn't good when I was telling you I was voting for them. I was a loser. I was a racist. I was a bigot. But now that Trump's in power, now you really mean it. I'm making a mistake. And there's no there's no self-awareness. Uh, there's a certain smugness about it. Uh, you, you brought me to, to the point where you told me about Bill Maher, who we hear him all the time you know, bloviating and so unfunny. It's horrible. And, well, all he does. It's like, you know, I was going to bring this up earlier. The late night guys, like I can't watch the late night guys anymore. No, no. It's just like, it's not funny, right? It's just such a hard attempt to like, you know, and here's the thing. It's not funny, right? It's like, and here's the analogy that I get. And I, and I, cause I try to, I want people to like feel and understand what I'm feeling when I watch this. Cause I think a lot of people feel the same thing. When you, like, if you're out in the play yard and you know that someone doesn't genuinely like somebody, right? Like, I know I don't like you or this person doesn't like that person. And then that person starts, quote unquote, making comedy about that person, a.k.a. making fun, bullying, teasing, right? Those are other words for it. Yep. When you know that it's not meant to be funny... It isn't funny. Yep. It, it, like, do you understand? Like it's, it, and then it like, and I think that this is where they completely miss the boat is that they end up like on the late night and on Bill Maher, they're actually bullying the bully. Yep. Yep. And it comes off as that, and I don't think they understand that. Like, and this is where you know, going back to like what I was saying before, like it's people like me that got him elected. Bases don't win elections for people, right? The Democratic, they, they have 27% of the population in the country are Democrats registered, yep. right? Yep. There's 26% Republican. There's 45% registered independents of all voters. Yep. So constantly, and in, in you already know on either side what you're going to get, 
it's all about the independence and the people in the middle, like me, who are battling back and forth for whatever reason, age and, you know, the old adage, if you're a Democrat or a liberal with, uh, before you're, yeah, you get it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's all kinds of reasons why you battle back and forth, but, like, it's very interesting how these people, they have no interest in actually trying to, to win back people like me, no. right? Independents who are just trying to stay middle of the road and are, are looking for a reason. Give me a reason. Give me a reason other than Trump's a Nazi. Right. Right? Give me substance. Give me something, right? Like, and this is what's so interesting is that they actually will have something in, like, the marijuana thing, but they're so upset about it, and they're such fucking asshole, smug, elite pricks about it that they just can't, like, they can't do it. Yep. They can't, what is it, like, uh, bite off their nose to spite the face? They, they yeah, or it. throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. But but to your, to your point, though, you should be seen as a free agent that they're trying to recruit, right? And and I've said this on the show before. I mean, we're, we're agreeing now, but what's to say in 2024 when Uncle Mike Pence runs, and I'm like, eh, he's not really MAGA. He's kind of an establishment guy that went along for the ride. I could bounce. Hey, hold on. Let me ask your question before you go. They're fractured. That's why, right? Why aren't they recruiting? Because they're fractured. When you have a fractured anything, there's no, there's no, like, think of it. When you have a broken something that's supposed to work and do a, and perform a service, you can't perform that service until it's fixed. Yep. Because it's broken. Yep. So the, in this case, their political party is broken. It's literally fractured into different splinters, which we've talked about. And there's there's still infighting that they've never healed, which is admitted. I have Democrat friends who are actually in politics that are elected officials that still say today, we've never healed or you know come together or come up with talking points. And we're, we're in 2018. Yeah. We're in midterms. Yep. Since the election of Donald Trump. Yep. Right? Yep. When, and you know they haven't raised money. The DNC is not only broke, but they're in debt. Yep. So They're doing you know, the horrible. Is, They're doing really they, horrible. Yeah, why aren't they recruiting me or people like you or other independents? They're not because they don't know how because they're broken still. Yep. They're not fixed. Because they've already pissed. And this is, it goes for both parties, right? So the never-Trumpers are kind of the equivalent of the resist party in the left, where it's the establishment people that don't like Trump, obviously. It's fine if you don't like him. But they also didn't like Bernie either. And, you know, the more I think about it, that's why I think Trump was always nice to Bernie throughout the process because he wanted to court voters like you. And he gets the process instead of being smug and condescending and, oh, you're just a bunch of dirty hippies and blah, blah, blah. Well, no. no, but what Bernie, type, what, Bernie, but what Bernie is the reincarnation of, right, because history repeats itself. It's what we just brought up. Bernie is the reincarnation of the weather underground in the 1970s. Yep. And his movement are the Bernie bros, and it's all these young kids who have been indoctrinated into the left and can being completely far out socialists. You, I, I call it fascist, right? The ones we see and we've been watching videos for the past year plus now that they're actually shutting down speech in Berkeley. What? Yep. Yep. The place of free speech. What? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Those people. Yep. So they, there's also so there so everyone's I think discombobulated. They're confused. They don't know what's going to happen in 2020. They don't. They're all still infighting on both sides of the fence, which I love. I love the disorder. I love the chaos. I love the anarchy. But uh, 
But yeah, they're not recruiting the right way. They're not trying to get the free agents. And if you, to well, your they point, can't, dude. Again, they can't. They're not trying to because they can't. There's no strategy there. There's, there's no, just a moting. There's, no there's, there's just no, a moting. No fixed machine that can actually like do that. There's no right. operation. If you don't have a fixed machine, you can't turn it on and have an operational like manual. And you and you would think that they would try to just like go right to the like if you have a large tumor that's not treatable on your wrist. At some point, you're kind of like, I'm just going to cut that fucker off. Nothing's going to happen. I'm lo- I've lost all feeling. I, I want to cut it off before it spreads. Instead of anyone doing anything to fix the process or the candidates, I mean, you would think right off the bat, the first thing the Dems would do is get rid of superdelegates. Because it's, it's probably ten times the problem with Democrats than it is with Republicans. Because Hillary got so many of them. So before anything started, she knew she had about 800 of them in the bag. Um, get rid of that can process. I, can I, you're making me think something. I don't mean to interrupt, but it's yeah. like, oh my God, we know why they haven't recruited anybody, right? No, okay. tell me. If what we're talking about is correct, they're not recruiting anybody because they were so sure that they were going to win, yeah. right? And all of these like Obama era like crimes that they let the Clintons and the Loretta Lynches and all these uh, you know the uh, Weinstein's and everybody get away with. That was never supposed to come out because she was supposed to win. Right. So when she didn't win, right, it's like, and now you have somebody like Trump in there and he has a law and order guy like Sessions like, oh, shit, like we can't run like because we weren't legitimate. We need to we need to spend the next, you know, however long covering our asses. Right. We need to write a book called What Happened and go on tour to keep up the, the machine. Right. We need to have our friends at the FBI put in the insurance policy. Right. Right. right? We need to get the mainstream media machine that we've bought. We need to crank that up to 90 degrees, uh, 90%, 95% hate versus, the, versus Trump. Right. Makes sense, right? It makes perfect sense. It's almost like – it's almost Fuck, like – dude. It's yeah, up. You know what that tells you? It tells you that there's so much there and it's so bad, right? Yep. It's like a festering, disgusting wound that they're protecting. It's I so, think so horrible. And that's why we keep talking about it and harping on it. 2018 is the year it all gets exposed. Um, but like I took to go the analogy route, it's almost like – remember when Pedro was towards the end of his career? Uh, at, not only with the Red Sox but with the, the Phillies and the Mets and whoever – um, and each year he'd come back and he'd lie and say, oh, I'm healthier than ever. I'm better than ever. My fastball's better than ever. And you knew each year he came back, there was a little off the fastball and he'd have to become a finesse pitcher. They, you know, it's, it's, it's knowing when to change your strategy and they don't want to do that. They want to, the Democrats keep bringing someone with claiming they have their fastball still. You don't have your fastball anymore. Right, Obama well, was your fastball. Game, right, John, Donald Trump. Like clearly, a, a, one of the things he did, you know, they were playing. Look, I, I related to uh, the, uh, our war for independence against England, right? Because England, historically, their army was the most in their navy was the biggest in the world. Their navy was the most powerful, biggest ever in the history of the world. Most powerful, scary, scary. Their armies would roll over people historically, right, over in Europe uh, in that time period. So this was like the greatest military to ever be. And 
there was this thing called honor that these guys fought with. So they would line up in rows and they would march on to battle and it would really intimidate people and they would stand in their rows and like they didn't have armor and they were all raggedy with pitchforks, right? Because they yeah. didn't know any better and they would get wiped out and this was everywhere until the Americans were like, hey, fuck that, yep. right? Yep. We know these guys called what we call them uh, savages or Indians yep. and the way that they fight us is those motherfuckers hide behind trees and they ambush us and they, you know, they surprise us and there's tactics and style. So that's what we did to England over here. And they were mortified. They were like, what the fuck? Yep. Right. Yep. And that's when we started winning. Right. You shocked them. You shocked them with such an approach that they hadn't you even fathomed. The, you changed the playing field, right? They're playing this game by V-Set's rules, and you just don't play those rules. You change the entire fucking game. Right, and that's why Jeb Bush got destroyed. I mean, he would, he would have these... He got, well, that's why all these people got destroyed. Donald Trump changed politics, whether it's good or bad, forever. Yeah. He has changed this country, good or bad, forever. Right. It is never going to be the same ever again. And one of the things, if you want to call it shackles that you're de-shackling, is a lot of really old institutions, which we're seeing is clearly politics. We're seeing the old news uh, media dying and almost dead flatlining in some cases right with the rise of new things info wars right buzzfeed what buzzfeed fuck is buzzfeed yeah people read, people read more buzzfeed than they do the freaking new york times of course they do it's sad because it's a bunch of millennials saying i can't even all the time i mean these people are losers they're stupid they're not bright the eyeballs uh, you know uh. and it drives the elite and liberals nuts and it has forever you know the internet's driven driven the print publications nuts because it was and i i lived it i had the family business so i lived through it i watched it happen it was incredible it was all this huge revenue that they could you know have this system in play forever because when you have big revenue you can do whatever you want yep yep <laughs> so they had this cumbersome horrible new system in play for generations yep hundreds of years yep until the internet changed everything it leveled the playing field and it was fast timely different delivery system and these people i'm gonna take a week to do some research and then write one piece for the sunday paper <laughs> they're still doing I'm it serious. i was uh, no, no, I, I i was trolling someone on twitter today her name is jennifer rubin she's the never trumper at the washington post and she they they hold themselves up as if they're this the thought leaders and people are listening and oh Yes, I want to hear what she it's has to joke. say. It's a total scam, right? And like, oh, you know, in the first thing when bloggers, right? They used to laugh at bloggers. Yeah. I'm serious. Like, they used to laugh at them at the very beginning. Yep. And some of them still do. Like, those assholes over at the, you know, in, in, in Manhattan, those smug elite assholes, like writers, like, they still, like, are, like, upset that they have to publish online and that the integrity of the news business has been ruined forever with people like Alex Jones and what we're doing, Ross, right? Yeah. What's our credentials? Are you kidding me? That's like literally the freaking I'm uh, making fun of the, the women in Hollywood coming out going, yep, we're going to lead the movement to eradicate the, you know, the, the violence of women in our industry. And it's yep. like, shut up, you fucking losers. <laughs> you are, you should have done that 10 years ago. When right. It counted. Right. Not when the lights were on you and it was better for your career, you fucking hack. Yep. I agree. I agree. But, human hack. You, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so transparent. I think that this is part of the other thing, right? 
the, this, the, the elite have been getting away and doing these things for so long. Like they don't get that. Like the internet has also at least educated America enough to look at these people and kind of laugh. And like, eh. Yep. No, like, no, we, we don't, we don't enjoy that anymore. No. And this is, this and that, is what we were talking about with Ben Shapiro before the show. Like I, I know that Ben Shapiro is a very conservative Orthodox Jew um Menza guy he's brilliant as hell he's been he was on the world scene at 13 years old doing tv appearances on fox news whatever um and he's he was a never trumper but he's he's brilliant and he has good insights and he's smart and he does he does the student the campus routine but there's something about him just doesn't want to buy into trump because he ruined you know trump is rodney dangerfield and caddyshack he's the the rich dude at the country club everyone's going to him and all the, the, the stiff, white, milquetoast types are just like, what is the meaning of this? I have never in my life. And, and Ben Shapiro is this kind of like, he's in the middle and he's kind of like, he thinks Trump's just this, this, this big kid in the Oval Office and he has no right to be there. And that was Marco Rubio's job. And Jeb Bush could have done it better. And McCain and Romney and Dole and Rick Santorum and all these other stiffs that love being runner-ups. And, and Ben Shapiro is kind of like the guy that loves to play intellectual thought games and philosophical takes and all that kind of stuff. People in 2017 don't give a shit about that. That is not like an asses in seats kind of guy, right? Right. He's brilliant. I'll retweet him if I need to because he fills a, a role. But at the end of the day, it's the Trumps that are the ones that win. We didn't win with Bush. We didn't win with McCain literally and figuratively. Same with Romney. They didn't have any ideas. We weren't better off because of it. It's not anything to write back, write, look back on favorably. Year one of Trump, I'm ready to say he's my favorite president besides Reagan. And I hope he passes Reagan um, because it's been a fun year. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock is the, the fake news awards. I mean, that was unheard of if you have John McCain in the office or Mitt Romney in his zero vanilla personality. You know, these are the guys that Shapiro loves and worships. Um, I'm so I'm convinced Ben Shapiro removes his brain at the end of the night, puts it in like a vinegar jar, and starts whacking off in front of it before he goes to bed, all three inches of it. And I just I guarantee that's what he's doing because he loves his own brain, he loves the smell of his own farts. Um, that's Ben Shapiro for you, but he he serves a role. He's brilliant, and we'll use him as an ally. But people are asking me on Twitter. Why don't you guys like him? What's the problem? Because he's the smug establishment rhino type. Um, and even if he is super conservative, fine. That means he's not a rhino. But he's, there's a certain smug, professorial tone. And the MAGA movement, I know people that are very educated that voted for Trump. And I'm proud to call them friends. I know people that don't have college degrees and are wildly successful and proud to call them friends. And... They all came together for the MAGA movement, but Ben Shapiro, in his you know his academic thought, his thought police, uh, not thought police, but his his what's it's it's an ivory tower mentality for a guy that's not really an academic, right? He's just this smart dude that has a podcast and he's got a good scene and he writes good articles. Used to work for Breitbart, um, has very good credentials, but there's a I just I don't do well with snobs. I know you don't do well with snobs. Uh, I don't like condescending people that think they're better or smarter than you. Steve, you and I are always going to be the most awake and informed people in the room. Uh, we don't have to be the smartest in the room. I'm fine with that. Um, 
but I don't want the, the stupid Washington Post columnist looking down on us or the Wall Street Journal people or, you know, the people that the talking heads that show up on Fox that are neocons and, you know, their, 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 their war policy is 0-16 just like the Cleveland Browns. And they still they still get invited back to these shows to talk about military foreign policy. And I'm like, dude, you've been wrong since 9-11, since Building 7 was pulled. You've been wrong on every single foreign policy issue. And you still call yourself like a rhino conservative that's worthy of being listened to. Go fuck yourself. You know? And you're still being invited back. And you still get probably, you know, retainer fees to show up at Fox. And now Hannity's finally making fun of them. Now Tucker Carlson's finally making fun of them. But before they had free reign, they could say whatever the hell they wanted. And it was just, it's nasty because they've been so wrong. If they're wrong, they're discredited. If I'm wrong a bunch of times at work, I get fired. Okay? Uh, Everyone does in every other instance in life, except for these idiots. But I don't think they are, right? And this is part of, like, what MAGA is. MAGA is restoring us back to, like, the beginning of our founding fathers. Bingo. Bingo. And then so. you're kind of pushing the reset button. I, and it's a great reset button because things didn't work. If you have a $20 trillion debt and $200 trillion of unfunded liabilities and GDP below 3% and fake economy where $5 trillion gets printed by the Treasury and you artificially keep interest rates low for 10 years and brag that the economy is doing great because of it and creates a bunch of you know jobs in Industry X that... The wages are going down or they're flatlining. <clears throat> it's like, it's not working out. You need you need to change the game a little bit. Correct. So, but, but God forbid you do it with a change agent who's turned uh, whatever seed money, a million, into $4.5 billion. Um, God forbid you let a guy like that lead the operation, right? But it has to be a, an establishment person, like a, a Bush or a Clinton um, it, it's just, it's pathetic and it shows that the brightest people that you'll see at cocktail parties or, or gatherings, uh, they're going to go for more establishment candidates who are devoid of any idea. John McCain didn't queef out one good idea during the campaign. He just wasn't Obama, so I voted for him. Mitt Romney had a great business acumen. He was a millionaire a hundred times over. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he didn't give us any of his ideas. Trump from day one was an out-of-the-box thinker. Uh, he was making fun of the people he needed to make fun of, the way Romney and McCain and Bush wouldn't do it. Um, and that's why he won. I'm glad he won, because he actually has ideas, and he's going to change the game, and he's, he's changing the game. You're one. So I know it's a lot to stomach. We've been all over the place tonight. and um, Honestly, we're at the one hour and 40 minutes mark. I got <laughs> That went quick, didn't it? It did. It did. And I want to release this tonight. So why, we're at 90 minutes, actually. Can we do this? I have I have some stuff to take care of around the house. So uh, shut, well, shut your mouth. Let's do another show tomorrow, though, because we have we have to still do our predictions for twenty eighteen. Why don't we do the prediction stuff. show tomorrow? Um, yeah. So we'll call we'll call it a night for this. I'll release this tonight, and we'll do a, uh, a prediction show tomorrow. We'll have the Golden Globes to make fun of. Um, yes. we'll, we'll have hopefully the fake news awards to talk about. Yes. And then we'll, we'll do it like that. Does that work? Yes. All right. Why don't we do that? So thanks to all listening. I will publish this tonight. Um, and we'll, we'll talk again tomorrow. Fantastic. Does that work? Works. All right. See y'all tomorrow, Steve. I will call you tomorrow.
Alrighty. Nighty night. Bye-bye. Bye.